Please pray with me. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always pleasing in your sight, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this changes everything. Have you seen him? This long-anticipated child is with us now, and I'm sure you've heard all about him. I'm sure you've heard that he's come to save us and that he is changing the world. He is different, and we know this because he comes in a very different container. Most babies are born in hospitals or in homes, but not found in this very, very different place. Not in 2,000 years has a birth impacted the world so much. The whole world is singing his praises. Everyone is like, come and see, come see. Gaze upon him. Stare into his little eyes. It's mesmerizing. Have you seen him? I have, um, I tracked down some ancient relics. I was able to find some photographs <laughs> of him. Maybe, maybe you've seen him. We'll start with the choir. <laughs> Changing the world. This is for you, Patrick. I feel like, like you need that. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But our Christian story is the greatest story ever told, and so we can't blame the writers of The Mandalorian for borrowing from it. I turned it on, and I watched the first few episodes, and I saw that the child was hidden from the empire and that everyone was looking for him, and I thought, yes, that's a very good story. I know that story. It's a really good story. Consider how Luke begins it right out of the gate with a sentence that should stun us and take our breath away. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. All the world. I mean, think about the audacity of that, the sheer ambition in that decree, the totalitarian appetite, the arrogance that aims to seize everything in its grasp. It's like capturing everyone in a hidden net, one that is hidden in the leaves and springs up, up and around people to get its prey. And for what? Luke's early listeners would have known right away, of course, for taxes, right? The tribute to the empire for extracting value in order to build palaces and armies to strengthen the imperial grip. And those listeners would know, too, the implicit threat of force in such a decree, the unsaid or else. The chill in the air as the news spread far and wide, and so all went to the towns to be registered, everyone, even the sick and the infirm, the elderly, even a pregnant woman about to give birth. The image is Orwellian, a glimpse of the forced marches and the bureaucratic control of authoritarian regimes to come. The Nazis, for example, kept meticulous records and they took after Emperor Augustus. This striking beginning of the story sounds a clear note of imperial dominion, an icy menace, the empire. <laughs> Christmas begins not only with Gabriel's announcement to Mary, but also with the tyrant's announcement, his intimidating attempt at universal control and God will be born in the midst of this world, in the wake of this decree. But God will slip through the net and even use it for divine purposes 
like a masterful, mischievous trickster. God uses Augustus' attempt to capture the world as part of the divine plan to save it, since it is the decree, after all, that brings the family from Nazareth to Bethlehem, the house and family of David. But even in Bethlehem, God will be born beyond the coordinates of imperial control. No address, no traceable trail. This is the deep meaning of there being no room at the inn. God arrives, but hidden, beyond the reach of the emperor's grasp. God is off the grid, hidden among the animals. So on one side, you know, we have the emperor's attempt to control the world through registration. On the other, God's unregistered arrival. And so now the stage is set. Enter the shepherds. The shepherds are people who don't live in the towns, but rather up in the surrounding hills around the towns. They too have no addresses, and in the story, no names. They too are living in the fields with the animals, flouting the emperor's decree because they have not returned to their towns to be registered. And so perhaps that's why, of all the people in the world, they are the ones that are singled out to receive such world-changing good news. They are the ones to whom the angels sing. They are the ones who receive the strange directions on how to find the unfindable child. The unregistered shepherds told of the unregistered savior in the city of David, that most famous of shepherds. And so they go to find him and find him and admire him and pay homage in their respects. He is one of us, they say to each other. He lives beyond the emperor's grasp. He sleeps with the animals. He is even lying in a manger. And then the nameless shepherds issued their own public pronouncement, their counter decree, passing on to all what the angels proclaimed to them, good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. Someone is coming to save us. The emperor says, I want all the world. But the shepherds say, this child is for all all people. Two decrees, together establishing the central dramatic tension of Christmas. And Mary, the author of the Magnificat, that song about overturning tyrants, keeps her own counsel and ponders all of this in her own heart. So by all means, this Christmas season, let's light candles and let's sing carols and gather around the tables of love and family and friends. And at the same time, Let's recall the world-turning, subversive promises of Christmas, the radiant good news that God comes to lift up the lowly, to honor those unseen and unknown, to privilege the underprivileged, and to oppose every attempt by the empire, yesterday and today, to control and extract and hoard the blessings of creation. Our story doesn't take place in the center of power, in places like Rome or even Jerusalem, but out on the edge by the fields of Bethlehem and in a stable. And it's about how God brings the marginalized and those who are left out back to the center and the heart of God's own story. This Christmas, I pray that you find him too. May we be believers like the shepherds, hurrying to witness the miracle that God came to us vulnerable and hidden because he was looking for us too. He came looking for you.
May we be con contemplative like Mary, pondering the meaning of the incarnation in our hearts. And may we gaze upon the face of the baby in the manger and glorify and praise God and have the courage to risk offering our lives as a means to do God's work on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. O God, you have caused this holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that we, who have known the mystery of that light on earth, may also enjoy him perfectly in heaven, where with you in the Holy Spirit he lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen.